go. Yeah, fun. Sweet. All right. So just a brief recap. Um, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about Nephi and his family journeyings, coming across the ocean to the Americas. They finally landed in the Americas, planted seeds, got their roots going. Everyone gathered together. And in the chapters that we're going to be discussing today, Second Nephi chapter 1 and 2, um, this is where Lehi is doing some of his prophesying and some of his discussions with his family. Um, at this point, Lehi is getting pretty old, and he probably knows that he's going to die soon. And he's talking to them about this great land that they've landed in and how precious and cool it is. And because of that, I thought I'd like to ask you, Christian, what do you think and feel like about America and about this land that they landed in here in the Americas? Oh, that's a loaded question. It totally is a loaded question. No, how did you – I know I know that you enjoy America and enjoy the freedoms that we have here, but how did you, like, come to – tell me about what you think about America. Why is it important? That's a. Is it important to you? I guess oh, that's a good. Hundred percent, it's important to me. Um, you know, you can see my hat. You know, if you can't see my hat, if you're just listening to this, it's a, it's a, it's a black hat with an American flag on it, and my American flag on the hat is, the stripes are. Are are, uh, gun rounds, bullet rounds, bullets. And then the the stars are primers. It's the back of the where the back of the bullet primer goes. And so I am all about freedom of speech. I'm all about the Second Amendment. I'm all about freedom of religion, freedom of choice, and um, not to be confused with with uh, pro life or pro choice. That's that's not what I'm talking about when I say freedom of choice. But, but freedom to, to choose how you live your life, that's what I mean by freedom of choice. And so, like, for example, like here in Idaho, we homeschool. It's a very easy state to homeschool in. Um, there, there aren't, like, a bunch of restrictions. There's, like, actually no restrictions at all, basically. You basically do whatever you want for homeschooling in Idaho. You know, they have programs that you can help like um get school funding for homeschool yeah. and that if you do those kind of programs and it becomes a little more restrictive on on how you homeschool but but i you know we, we do homeschool have guns um like the freedom of speech for certain places in this country that is not how the founding fathers intended the the country to be <laughs> Hundred percent agree, and I feel like Idaho is one of the closest states to being like that. Um, of course, we're not either, but you know, I even I lived in Texas for a while, and I thought it was going to be super awesome because of how patriotic and American they are down there. And I got down there, and I'm like, what in the? Where did I move to? Like, this is not <laughs> not the same. Not the same at all. <laughs> And it's like they're so patriotic. Fireworks are illegal. 
at least where we live, like in order to get fireworks, you had to get a permit, you had to do this, you had to do that. When you take your kids to school, you sign your rights. At least the school we went to in the we're in, not Texas all of Texas. So if you're from Texas hearing this, don't get your panties in wad. Might not not this is where we lived. But you literally had to sign your rights over to the schools for your kids. Like while the kids were at school, the rights of your children were theirs, not yours. And so we only kept them in school for like six weeks or something like that. They were like, they were super, super militant, like super stand in a straight line and don't talk. And you showed up to school and you went and sat in the cafeteria, sat on the wall, and you weren't allowed to talk. You had to just sit there. And then, then they finally would go to class. They had like, I think they only had one recess all day where they got out go outside and play one one recess for 15 minutes when they had lunch you know like when i went to school it was morning recess and then when you went to lunch like you ate lunch and then you went out and played until it was time for for class to start again and then there was an afternoon recess there was one recess and when you went to lunch you ate your lunch and then you had to go like stand against the wall or in the line or sit at your table and just sit there until it was time to go back to your class. You couldn't go play. That's super weird. And and it's like there is they didn't allow the kids to get yeah. and you know, the way I believe that my kids should be raised is not like that. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't. I used my freedom that I have in this country to say, I'm not gonna school my kids like this. Well, me and my wife made that decision. We're not gonna school our kids like this. We're gonna pull them out and do our own thing. And you can and you can do that in Texas, and that was not, not a problem. Um, so we pulled them out and started doing that. But but man, it was it. I I actually hated living there. That's crazy. Come back to three again. Like I feel like I ran away from a, from a repressive country. Yeah. Can't even imagine the, the people in California how they feel, dude. No, yeah, holy cow. So but uh. You know the the ability to be able to make those kind of choices and work where I want to work, um, pray how I want to pray, go to church the way I want to go to church, and all that kind of stuff. Like that's like all those freedoms that we have. Like that's that's like what I really love about about our country is all those is all that stuff. Um, so it's I mean it would I think it would suck to be somewhere where it's like you know you have to do this you have to do that you have to this is the job you're going to work and this is where you're going to live and you know all this money is actually going to go to us because we're going to distribute it properly so that everyone shares and it's like no yeah no i think a lot of us forget like forget just how awesome we have it here in america um there's a, a lot of places that are just like that. Like you, you've got to do certain things or, or be a part of certain groups in order to have access to the freedoms. It's pretty crazy that, you know, just being born here, grant you that access, you know, coming here, getting citizenships and things like that gets you that access to that level of access. It's crazy how much people pay for that access in other countries. Um, and, 
and and we forget that or we just don't even realize that that's happening when we look at a lot of the other countries around the world and we're like oh they've got freedom or oh you know they can do whatever um but yeah i i feel the same way that you do um when do you think like we grew up in idaho mm -hmm. when did you like start to feel patriotic like when when can you remember being like i yeah. i honestly don't remember not being patriotic. patriotic um my dad was in the military you know not when i was not not whenever i was alive you yeah. know before i was born he got out way before i was before i was a thing yeah um because he served in vietnam so that was way <laughs> that was way back right that was yeah. that was before i was born um and so there was there was always that like talk about military and protecting the country and just just all that kind of stuff that just i don't i don't remember being not patriotic or know, not okay but it just like grew and grew and grew and grew, and grew to where it's like I, I like i would i would go to war and die for my country like if it, if it was it came down to it and it was and it was really to protect like the freedoms of the country at 100 percent. yeah yeah no i agree with that um and i feel like we were probably raised pretty similar i totally forgot that your dad even served i mean i've known him for a while but i totally forgot about that um i mean i don't know your dad super duper well but um but that's cool but i feel like my dad was kind of the same way my dad never served either but it was always like expected and kind of like talked about with great reverence respect to the country that we do have i know my my grandpa served and on both sides um during world war ii and stuff like that so definitely has some of that but i dude i i look at around at just other people in the world today other americans in the world today and i'm just like baffled that they don't have this reverence and respect that i have for the country mm -hmm. um, and it just blows my mind and like it it must be a kind of an idaho thing i think a lot of us kind of feel that way and it's just crazy to even think that like you wouldn't have that i'm the same way with you like growing up it was like, well, i feel like I like yeah like i feel like idaho like like Oh, what should I say? I see, like pre two thousand three Idahoans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I don't know a real time frame, but you know the the old Idahoans are like still like the old school country boys. Yeah. Like like super patriotic and everything like that. It's changed a lot. Yeah, even right. even here, and it, we're not nearly as bad as anywhere else in the country. But even here, I'm like, oh gosh, like what are we gonna do? Um. No, okay. So that that's cool. I I I want to bring that portion into it cuz I think that at least for me was was a big reason to do the podcast. I feel like I feel like a lot of people now just kind of go with the flow and I strongly feel like the flow of our country is going the wrong direction. And so we're needing people to to kind of fight back against that flow. And there are hundreds of people out there fighting back. There's millions of people who are fighting back. 
but when we say fighting back we mean raising a voice not physically fighting back but yeah i mean just kind of something to for for those negative influences to to butt their heads against because i feel like for so long a lot of people have just kind of let let it happen like and i i was even talking to my dad about this i kind of joked with him i was like dude it's your generation that like didn't do anything for the last 20 years <laughs> like we're in such a bad place and so we were just laughing and joking about it a little bit but it's like like it it takes a little bit of pushback but anyway so so that's something that i kind of wanted to do with this because i feel like we're going to need need people who aren't afraid to push back a little bit against things and and just a question i mean more than anything rather than just letting things happen so that was kind of kind of my curiosity with it but so how do you feel then about in these chapters like does it does it bring you more pride in america and in the Americas, this promised land, us between us and and Central or wherever they were, but like, does it bring you pride to know that they knew about us, seen our time, and made covenants with God that through our righteousness, through our stuff, that America and this side of the, I mean, relative peace has been had throughout this side for you know, hundreds of years at this um, point. Honestly, not really. <laughs> I don't. Um, you know, I'm, I, you know, and, and maybe this is, I don't know if this is weakness or not, but I, it's, it's pretty, I keep it pretty compartmentalized. Okay. Um, you know, my faith and my religious beliefs do play into my political beliefs as well. Yeah. Um, but I still keep them pretty separate, but I do, you know, I do feel like this country is, 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 uh, like protected by God. Yeah. Um, I do believe that. And, and, uh, but my pride of the country, I would say has nothing to do with, with, of them landing in the Americas, it's all about the freedoms and stuff that we have. Yeah, and and the protection that we have by God, you know, in God we trust. Yeah. Um, and the founders of America weren't, at least some of most of them weren't even Christian. Yeah, some. Of them. They were some were, but I, but not all of them. Like they were, so the the country was not founded on Christianity like a lot of people actually like believed it's it was founded on like deism i think is what it's called so which which is actually not widely known i guess so it wasn't founded on christianity interesting all right because i i would i would say that it was um like and it's not a it's not a it's not really a topic of debate either. Like, yeah. if you look back at the history, like it's like the founding fathers were not Christians. I think most of them were. Mm -hmm. I think they were. They were. 
<laughs> I think some of them weren't and some of them were. But I I do think that like I think at that point I feel like Christianity was overwhelmingly like the the norm. I think it was a different type of, of deity. I guess when I think of like when I think of what does that even term even mean? Deitism? Yeah. You're just you you worship the one true God. And that's and that that's basically like they believe in the God and the creator, but they don't they don't have like the savior and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. So Okay. So that that I can that I can see. Okay. Now that I know what that term was, I was thinking I think I was thinking like a completely different yeah yeah no they were religious yeah. faithful men in god yes but it wasn't christians yeah they weren't christians they yeah. were they were they were men of 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 faith yeah but faith in in just a god not not, not god in christ and the holy ghost and stuff like that yeah no okay yeah no okay we we agree on that <laughs> okay yeah, i i was confused on my terminology okay yeah so, so um, deism is 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 a, a uh, deity? <laughs> deity. Yeah. There we go. That's what I was looking for. I was like, that's not the right word. Deity. Like that's not it. Yeah, a deity is a god, right? So deism is is just the the worship of of God. So I I think that's super interesting because I I guess. I mean, there were a lot of Christians here in America, and yeah. that that did become the more predominant faith in in America, but it was not founded upon Christianity. Yeah. No, and yeah, okay. I now I've, now that I've got my terms corrected, that makes a lot more sense. Because I was just like, wait a second, <laughs> like these guys, these guys obviously believe in God. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Didn't have so much that that spin on Chris on Christ, yeah. Um, and that I get. I think um, I do think though, and I'm I'm not saying that like the church brings out that pride, but I do feel like in this in these chapters, and then in, and then in the chapters when Levi has the vision of the promised land, and he's talking about. Um, that there was someone, oh, I, I can't remember. I was trying to look for it, but he, it, it's like says that the spirit moved upon a guy in Europe. He doesn't use Europe, but he uses like the father nation to have him come here. And like, to me, it just screams Christopher Columbus. Mm -hmm. And then it talks about like America and the war that we have with our mother land. Like, like I feel like there's a lot of foreordination in what America does that's different than like what the Peruvians do or like some of those other countries, which is why I feel like God's with us as a country and why I feel like it's also important to keep our our country believing in God, keep our country um, being righteous people loving your neighbor helping out in your communities that kind of thing yeah and i you know i i think it's you know one thing that god 
has given everybody is our agency, right? Mm -hmm. And so even though I, I agree that, you know, we, we need to make sure we're worshiping God and things like that, we also need to, like, respect others who want to worship or not or not and allow them to do that here because that's, like, one of the awesome things about this country is freedom of religion. And so when it goes down, like I was talking about, like freedom of like choosing how to live your life, it's like we can still allow that to happen and still have a good country. Yeah. Like we can still have our own ideologies, our own, our, what we believe in, what we don't believe in, worship the way we want to worship and still keep this land a promised land. But, but it, it's the thing that I, that I hate is the 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 narrative of being of trying to force other people to believe certain ways. Yeah. That that and, and that's you know that's what's happening in this country right now. It's like there's a lot of and I don't want to get like specific because I don't want this to be a political podcast. So I'm not going to talk about very. I'm going to be pretty vague and ambiguous with what I'm talking about yeah. um, because that's not the point of this podcast and I don't want it to turn into that yeah. but but it, it all plays into what we're talking about right yeah. so um, like there's a lot of things that are being pushed on people who don't want that pushed on them yeah. it's like you want to share your beliefs about whatever you believe then go ahead and do it, but it should not be something that's mandated by the country. It should not be anything about bills being passed about stuff. It shouldn't be. It should not be um, stuff that affects and forces minors to do stuff, yeah. or you know, let minors think that they have the ability to choose to do certain things. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that one's not as ambiguous, but. But you know what I'm saying? Like, and now we're political. <laughs> I'm still not saying specifics. You can. <laughs> I think we need to protect our children 100%. And so when someone just comes try to push something on my kids that I don't believe in, I'm going to push back. Yeah. And I'm going to fight back in whatever way that I have to in order to make sure that my kids are protected. Yeah. So whatever that means. Like that's that's why I'm willing to protect my kids at whatever cost. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree, hundred percent. And I I do think that that's part of the allure. Like what makes America great is that we've been able to do that so far, pretty successfully as a country. From our our start until now, we've been able to bring people in with different faiths have them have the same love of, of America that we do. And we might believe totally different theologies, totally different things, a hundred percent, but yet we can agree to disagree on those things and still be Americans. Right. Which I right. Think is cool. But it's getting harder and harder to do that now. Yeah. As, as more and more things are getting political and as yeah. more and more things are, are getting pushed, it's, it's definitely a lot harder to do that. And I, I think part of it like part of that is the reason why I wanted to start this is because. So you do want this to be a political podcast <laughs> that's based off of "Come Follow Me." 
a part of it. I mean, there's unfortunately because of where we are with politics right now, like there are people who have to stand up. We can't, we can't just, just sit back and like preach how awesome Christ is and how he's going to save us all because not everyone believes that anymore or or ever did. But not only do they not believe it, but they also like can't live with us not believing their side of it. Mm-hmm. And so they've been pushing for so long. And, and that's kind of goes back to me joking with my dad. Like they've been pushing all along. Like you go back and look when I was a teenager, like stuff would happen and we just kind of let it happen. Well, dude, and you know the hindsight 2020 comment from, wait, that was last episode, huh? Yeah. The hindsight 2020 stuff is, you know, if you go back and look at like the cartoons that we used to watch and yeah. things like that, there is so much propaganda yeah. in our childhood cartoons, in our childhood cartoons. Yeah. I'm just like, what, what is this? Like, I can't even believe this. Like, yeah. Where you're just so naive and it's just like, oh, this is cool. It just goes over your head as a little kid. Yeah. No, sometimes we watch stuff with my kids and I'm like, oh, crap. And then, like, I look at them and they're just, like, having fun. And I'm like, yeah, they they didn't catch that or whatever. It's it's fun. No, but but I I feel like there does need to be some opposition. And that's – I feel like we need more people to stand up for it. And so, to me, that's kind of what I want this podcast to be. I look at Nephi. I look at Alma. I look at the people of the Book of Mormon. They were confronted with things – similar not exactly what we're going through now and and they might not have written them and sometimes they were but um but a lot of them stood up a lot of them defended their country defended their nation defended their family and figured out how to rewrite the ship kind of Uh so i think if we get enough of us that are paying more attention to these things that we'll be able to help write the ship and that's kind of kind of something that I am hoping for. So while I don't want it to be like a strictly political thing, like politics are going to end up in play here. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay, good to know. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't want to shy away from that, and I, I don't think, um, I don't think we should. Like I feel like we can't shy away from it at this point. Like it's yeah. here, it's at the front door. Well, let's make America true. Let's make America great again, again. <laughs> Hold up, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but 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 I do. I I think that there's there's a time and a place, and I I worry that the longer we stand by, the harder it's going to be to get back to where I feel like we should be. And it sounds like could pretty similar to you. You feel like we should be. I just feel like in order to really make any severe impact, I have to have like billions of dollars. <laughs> I know it's true. Um, Accepting donations <laughs> to get to get my first billion. Um, no, but I I do like uh, Lehi. He does talk about you know covenanting with the land, and I I do feel like. There has been times in American history when we've needed leaders and people who have strong beliefs in God. And I feel like looking back at it all, we've had those leaders when they need to be there 
um, helping kind of redirect the ship. I think Lincoln was one. I think, you know, the founding fathers and stuff obviously had some inspiration when they were writing our documents and when they were doing our things. So I, I definitely think that God's played a hand in that. Mm -hmm. and I definitely don't want to lose it. I don't want to be part of the generation of people that lose it because we decided to just sit idly by. And that's Lehigh in a lot of these chapters in these first two chapters talks about the, the land of promise that they came to and how if the people here want to prosper and continue to be in God's good graces, that we need to keep his commandments and that we need to, um, you know, follow and, and be good people and uh, fight for our liberty and not be brought down. Um, and if iniquity it says in verse seven, for if iniquity shall abound, curse shall be a land for their sakes, but unto the righteous, it should be blessed forever. So I do feel like that, we need to hold on to that. So then, so then I got a question for you. Yeah. So is is he referring to because this this country is full of iniquity, yeah. right? Like yeah. all over the place. It's yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. Um so if you're taking this at face value, just what he says, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, why hasn't God already destroyed the country? Yeah. But is he talking about, is he just talking about, jeez, I was like, we're about to have an earthquake or something? Like, what's going on? Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, was Lehi talking about not necessarily everyone who lives in the country, but talking about his covenant people. So basically the people of the church. The church. Um, I think it's both. So I think that we can take it as as people in the church and we can say, you know, like narrow it down more specifically to us. What are we doing? Like whether we like it or not, we're still imperfect people, even though we're in the church, even though we're part of his covenant people, we're still not perfect. And so we can look at it from our scope, what we have, and we can still figure out how to redirect the ship. Right. Right. But being 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 uh, you know, his righteous people doesn't mean we're not sinning. Yeah. Yeah. Like like sure, everyone's imperfect. We're all going to make mistakes. That's that is something that if you don't believe that, then there's something wrong with you, <laughs> and you need to read the scriptures. Oh, but I think. I think that there's always things that we can be doing. Like you, you might be righteous, but you might not be, you might be like holding back in some parts or like, like Laman and Lemuel for the majority of the time, they were probably pretty good kids as they were going through this whole entire process. But there were like key points when they made, made mistakes. Right. And like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have, have things that happen. But I, I, I think that there are ways that we can re-steer the ship. Even, even like just the podcast in general, being more, I need to come up with a better way to do it. But like being more manly, that sounds weird to say, say that. I don't know why. But it's like, it's like standing up to our potential, I guess, is kind of how I would say it. Mm -hmm. Like, you can be a righteous person and you can kind of cruise through life. Like, 
you can be a good person but not be you can be a good person without being a righteous person correct so so i don't think you can be a righteous person and just cruise through life i think if you're a righteous person i think that'd be a good person like you can be a good person and just write through life this is just my 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 opinion okay i think you can be a good person and just write through life but if you're being a righteous person like you're not just coasting through life like one like in the last episode, I talked about that scripture my dad sent me about being anxiously engaged in the good cause. Like, I think if you're a righteous person, you're going to be anxiously engaged in the good cause. Mm-hmm. You're going to be quickly turning and repenting of your mistakes, yeah. which should be daily. Mm-hmm. And always trying to progress the work forward yeah. in whatever way. I mean, I mean, this is, this is one way this podcast is one way that you and i are trying to help god's work go forward yeah right Mm -hmm. and so this is one way that we are being anxiously engaged in a good cause um but i'm not saying that i'm a righteous person because i definitely like there's a lot of areas in my life where i am not (laughs) so what what would be like in your mind what's the difference then between like so like by that definition i would say that we're probably like righteous we're probably a little above just a good person and and when i say above it's not like it's not like i'm better than you but it's like it's like in our you know yeah it's like in our in your progression if if you've got kind of a general okay righteous people so what's what's Nephi? Is he a righteous person or is he I think a righteous person? Yeah. Okay, okay. So then, so then, I would probably put myself somewhere between good and righteous. Then is that kind that of kind of what? So the righteous dude. I'm not the judge of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. But okay, so so you've got kind of these. But in, but in it, and it's kind of it's it seems like it's kind of like a catch twenty two also because yeah, if you're like yeah I'm a righteous person it's like well you sound super prideful it's like yeah I'm awesome it's like but but I think with terminology you know that and that's that's one thing that I've had a lot of struggle with the church is terminology yeah no and where where it's like people use words one way and other people take that word and use their own definition for it when the per- person who was talking and teaching wasn't intending that word yeah. to have that context of how you have it in your brain. And, and, that and that now has a negative impact on that person because well, you're like, yeah, I'm righteous. It's yeah. like, if I say I'm righteous, like that sounds almost blasphemous, yeah. right? Like it sounds, it doesn't sound good, yeah. but you're talking about like the prophets and, other people's like yeah he was a righteous dude yeah and it's like but would he ever call himself righteous any of them would nephi call himself righteous probably not i don't know i mean it's like if you're calling calling yourself righteous i mean this is one of those things it's like if you're calling yourself righteous are you actually righteous it's like maybe maybe if you have an understanding of i try to live my life righteous manner but i know i make mistakes but i also know who atoned for my sins and who i need to turn to when i make those mistakes 
like to me that's what a righteous person is mm-hmm. is not someone who is perfect not someone who has all their crap together yeah. not someone who does everything right and just make little mistakes here and there or whatever like a righteous person in my mind is somebody who strives to to fulfill their callings if they have one i don't have one right now so i'm off the hook on that one (laughs) (laughs) but so you know someone who who strives to fulfill their calling strives to keep the commandments and strives to be anxiously engaged in a good cause and and these things we've been talking about but also with the understanding that you are a human being that is a descendant of adam you're part of a fallen species. You're part of the fallen mankind, right? Yeah. You're going to make mistakes, and having an understanding that that is going to happen and be okay with it, mm-hmm. and not thinking that because you make a mistake, now all of a sudden you're this evil, terrible person. Yeah. Which again is another problem that I have seen in the church both time and time and time and time again, is that people are so scared to admit that they make mistakes and. Like they'll, I mean, you'll see people be like, yeah, I, I repent every day, I make mistakes all the time. And it's like, all right, well, what do you, what do you do? Like, what's your, what's your thorn in your side? What is it? It's like, I, that's the kind of conversation that I thrive with when I talk to people. It's like, I want to hear your actual struggles, like, and what you do to combat those. Not necessarily like, I read my scriptures and say my prayers and everything is good. It's freaking bullcrap. It's like, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. I'm sorry. It's just not. And people probably shoot me down for this, but I don't freaking care because I think they're wrong. <laughs> no. And dude, that's the, like, honestly, that's what we need to make that normal. Yes. We all have struggles. We all have something that irks us. We all have like a ghost in the closet, but but with righteous people, the ghost is 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 like you know just something that that you have a hard time with that you struggle with. But but I do think that that should be normal, and I I would like to get more of that in our in our meetings here, but also like in our churches when we go back. Like that's how you connect on a different level. Like when you go to church, at least right now, I I feel like it's all superficial. And I I was listening to some dude. Oh no, I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading, um, uh, wild at heart, wild, whatever it is, wild at heart by John Eldridge, I think. And I'll throw it in the wind, but, um, and he was talking about, a church conversation between like two guys and he's not, he's not LDS. He's, he's of a different faith, but um, he was like, he was like, you meet each other on Sunday, you shake each other, each other's hand. And I've like had this conversation. So I was laughing so hard when I was reading it because he's like, you shake each other's hands, you ask each other how, how the week's been and you both answer in the affirmative, but in your head, you're like, yeah, this week actually sucked. (laughs) So this week, you know that you know that happens to everybody. Not even yeah. just inside a church, which is like everywhere, yeah. right? Everywhere, everywhere you go, it's 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 like that. And so, 
you know, this, this week I told you about my mom, like we found out last Sunday. So a week ago that my mom has stage four kidney cancer and it spread to her hips, her lungs and her lymph nodes. And so like, I, I, this week I was like, I don't want to tell people that I'm just, Oh yeah, I'm good because I wasn't at all. And so when somebody asked me, he's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm just like, uh, I would either be like, that's a loaded question. <laughs> like, that's kind of a loaded question right now. And like, I was, I was honest with people and I was like, I, I would like tell them what's going on. Like <clears throat> I would either, I don't know who it was like one person. I was just like, you know, I was, my family heard some really bad news yeah. this week or yesterday or whatever. And it's just, so we're just kind of, right now yeah and it's like that wasn't a bunch of details about it but i was i wasn't just like oh yeah i'm good and it was yeah but like other people it was hey how you doing i'm actually doing really crappy i was like it is like we need to be okay with being like that being vulnerable but vulnerability is so freaking hard and the reason why I believe vulnerability is so hard is because when vulnerability happens, it, I'm trying to think of like a really strong word. <laughs> when vulnerability happens, it totally and completely obliterates any power that Satan has over you. Any it totally obliterates it if you are vulnerable satan does not have power over you because satan wants you to be in shame he wants you to not be vulnerable with people because if he can keep you secret about how you're really feeling in your life he's going to use that against you so that you so that he can manipulate you to go do something stupid dude I have never thought of it that way before, but I freaking love that. And I respect, I respect you so much for the text that you sent me when you found out all this stuff. Cause yeah, you were, you were just like, Hey dude, I found this out. Can we take a break this week? Um, and like, it allowed me to, it allowed me to, to like see you for who you are and like what you're going through and being totally okay with it. Not that I would be like frustrated or mad if you ever were like, Hey dude, I don't want to do it this week. Like, I totally get it. But it, it allowed me to like think of you differently and to, to think of how we might be able to help or how uh, there are things that we can do. Or like I, I talked to my wife about it and I'm sure she talked to Heidi a little bit. So like, it it allowed for so much more than just like, hey, I don't want to do that this week. I'm dealing with some stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I respect respect the crap out of that. But I've totally never thought like it's probably one of the reasons why um like confession or like going to talk to the bishop or whatever came to be a thing anyway, because when when you are vulnerable with what you're going through or what's happening or what you're struggling with 
it it allows for just just like you said it uh, obliterates satan's power yeah and it allows for that healing to begin and that healing to to kind of mend and and start to start to get better i like that a lot i think that that's super interesting yeah yeah there's a there's a quote i don't remember i don't remember who said it Mm -hmm. um so if if you hear this and this is your quote (laughs) kudos But the quote goes like this. It says, Satan shames us into secrecy and in the darkness of our isolation is where he convinces us to give up and give in. The way that you get rid of shame is by being vulnerable. And so when you're vulnerable, it totally obliterates that shame and therefore takes the power away from Satan to be able to utilize it against you. And so could you like imagine being able to go into like elders quorum or whatever and having such a tight-knit group of men in the room to where they're like hey guys i am really struggling with this this week yeah i was like i like what what who here has struggled with this and what have you guys have done it's like dude the freaking power that you would have in those meetings would just be out of this freaking world it would be so mind-boggling that you would you want to see a war change and you want to see an elders form change teach people to be vulnerable and not and not to the like and not like a a way of like uh it's not like a victim mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it's it's not about being a victim, but it's about being real. It's like we all have struggles, right? Yeah. We're all here to, like, what's the phrase? We're mourn with those that mourn, comfort those that stand with need of comfort. Little covenants, man. Yeah. yeah. If you don't ever tell anyone that you're going through anything, how is anyone ever supposed to be able to do that for you? Mourn with you, and yeah. No, that's awesome. That's something I struggle with a ton. <laughs> everyone in the ward, dude, every, or in the church, everyone in the church struggles with that because everyone has this mentality that they have to have this perfect life. Yeah. And if they don't have this perfect life, then everyone's going to think whatever. Something is wrong with that. And like, yeah. like yeah. what yeah. commandments aren't they living or, or whatever. And it's like, that's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. It's like everyone struggles. Everyone is going through something. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And like last Sunday, we had this lesson. It was kind of funny because they they had everyone like stand up or whatever. And, or no, they had like half the room stand up. And they're like, at least 95% of these people have some life-altering thing going on with them right now. Yeah. They said that last Sunday. My mom, and this is before I found out about my mom. Yeah. And so I didn't even know yet. I knew that something was happening, but I didn't know what it was and to what extreme or whatever. But it's like, and, and you know, it's it's gone around. It, I don't know how many people know, but a lot of people now know uh, about my mom. And we're not keeping it a secret anymore. Um, she just wanted to make sure her kids knew before everyone else knew. Because the second it gets to one person, it's going to go everywhere, right? Yeah. So, um but but it's like there's my mom standing in this thing of people 
she doesn't look sick. She doesn't act sick. She was at church walking around being totally normal. But yet she's walking around with stage four cancer that has spread to her lungs, hips, and lymph nodes. And it's like, she's going to die from this. This is not something that they can cure and fix. But nobody in that room knew. No. Did she know at that point? He knew. She knew. Okay. He knew and my dad knew. But those are the only two people in that room who knew. Were they standing? I'm just curious. Yeah. There they were two people that were standing. And so it's like, you don't, you don't know what people are going through. Yeah. And, yeah. and we need to get over, we need to get beyond our fear of letting other people know that we're struggling. Yeah. Cause we all are. It's like, don't, but like you said, don't, it's not having a victim mentality. Yeah. It's yeah. like, we all go through crap that, you know, sometimes we need support to get through stuff. Yeah. Right. And this episode has gone on totally different direction but you know but it, it it's still good stuff yeah but i i love authenticity and i struggle to be authentic with people and i because a lot of times i don't feel like i can yeah. because i'm not going to receive it back because when you're authentic with somebody and then they're not authentic back it's like ooh. Crap! Now I have to. <laughs> that was another thing about vulnerability that I was gonna that I forgot that I wanted to to mention. Yeah. It's like vulnerability is such a massive, uh, such a powerful tool, and like, like with you, I could probably be vulnerable with you and tell you basically about anything, any struggle that I have, and it, it it's like I I know you're not gonna come and judge me, but I'm not gonna go to some random person on the street, yeah. and tell them some deep dark secret that's happening with you know what I'm saying? So it's like the person that you tell, like there should be a relationship there. But but also if it's not and if you're moved upon by the spirit to be vulnerable, take the freaking chance to be vulnerable. Because yeah. even that person on the street that you go tell, if, if there's a chance you go tell them and they'll be like break down crying and give you a big hug and be like, I love you, dude. <laughs> exactly what I needed to hear. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you, you never know. And it's, I've, I've been in situations where people are like that with each other. And you can't, you can't beat, you can't beat the feeling of being in, in that kind of group. Yeah. No, and I, I, I'm reminded, dude, like the very first time we we got together earlier this year after like 13 years apart. I think we talked about it for a while, but, um, dude, I felt so freaking weird talking to you about this because, like, I don't know if everyone knows, but our wives were talking, their friends, and so they were talking, and they were both saying about how their husbands were dealing with some stuff and wanted to find ways to get around it. And I had been wanting to do a podcast for a while. My wife was telling me and she was like, dude, you have to, you have to go talk to Christian. And like for like two weeks, she was telling me to go talk to you. And I was like, dude, like Christian and I have not talked in 13 years. Like we know of each other, but like, it's not like I don't have Facebook. He does it like how on earth anyway. So I felt super, super vulnerable. 
And then you invited me to jujitsu. I was like, yeah, let's do this. So went to jujitsu, loved it, have a ton, had a ton of fun. But like that was vulnerable for me. I'm like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing, but okay, let's do this. But then like we got in the truck afterwards, and I was like, like, how do you even start up this conversation? Like, hey, dude, do you want to do a podcast with me? Or like, can you talk to me about this? But I do think, at least I feel like we've created a place to do that and to feel that. And I, I do feel like I've felt the spirit. I've, I've felt some of that unity um, with you as we've gone through this. Dude, and, and you said we got off topic, but I, I think we're right on topic. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to talk about today um, is in Second Nephi chapter 1, verse 21. And it's Lehi. He's talking to his sons. And obviously, Laman and Lemuel, some of the brothers of Israel and stuff, don't get along with Nephi. So he's trying to unite his family, and he's on his deathbed, or almost on his deathbed. And he says, And now that my soul might have joy in you, and that my heart might leave this world with gladness because of you, that I might not be brought down with grief and sorrow to the grave, arise from the dust, my sons, and be men. And be determined in one mind and in one heart, united in all things, that you may not come down into captivity. And then if you skip to 23, he says, Awake, my sons, put on the armor of righteousness, shake off the chains by which ye are bound, come forth out of obscurity and rise from the dust. And dude, honestly, like, dude, that perfectly yeah, no, that was That was pretty good. Like, and, and this is like, <laughs> that was totally unintended. <laughs> I had no idea you were going to read those scriptures. Well, dude, and that's what is so freaking cool about the gospel. Like, and I, I feel it right now with you as we've talked tonight and I've, I've felt it in the past as we talked, like becoming, this is how we do what we want is becoming united. Mm -hmm. What you just said was huge. These scriptures, like, I'm probably going to start blasting these everywhere because I I feel like they are the heart of what my intention was for the podcast and what we've kind of built over the last couple of weeks mm -hmm. is really this unity. I want this with brothers who are going through the same things that I'm going through, who see the same things that are coming to our families and to our front doors and I want to be able to to fight and, and go against them. And that's, dude, hit the nail freaking on the head. Like, <laughs> it's exactly what we're looking for. Um, so I'm glad you're here. Glad anyone listening to this is following along with us. And it's going to be a big day. Yeah. Thanks, dude. You too. <laughs>